0: Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on December 12th, 2021, on the basis of Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. Please join me in a quick prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What's the most fascinating part of the Christmas story to you? There's a lot of fascinating parts to choose from, right? Maybe when you think of, of the Christmas story, something that, that fascinates you, that you, you, you ponder would be the, the trip that Joseph and Mary made from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem when Mary was eight or nine months pregnant. Maybe fascinating is not the word. Maybe uncomfortable is more the word in that, in that scenario. Or maybe it's fascinating to think about when they actually got to Bethlehem. They showed up in this tiny little town but because there was this, this census going on there, and all of the people that was ever, that ever, was ever born there, they, they had to come back and register. It, it was jammed. There was no place for them to even stay indoors. And, and so maybe it's fascinating to think about Joseph and Mary ha- having a child in a stable where animals lived, where the baby's laying in a, a manger. Maybe it's fascinating to think about uh, the shepherds The shepherds were out in the Judean countryside, they were tending flock, they were probably trying to find a rock to to rest their head on and and sleep in the the dark and the quiet of the night, and suddenly the the sky was lit up. Suddenly, uh, wonderful voices were were coming towards them. These these angels appeared announcing the birth of Christ, singing their their glorious songs, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to, to men. And before too long, they find themselves not, not trying to find a place to sleep, but running into Bethlehem to try to find this, this little baby that was born in a, in a stable and laying in a manger. There's a lot of fascinating parts to the, the Christmas story. But maybe if I change the question a little bit, we can think about something a little different, too. What, what's the most fascinating, or who is the most fascinating character to you in the Christmas story? Chances are you've heard the Christmas story several times, maybe many times in your life. And chances are you'll probably hear it a few more times in your life. Maybe every time you you hear the Christmas story, you you get the general idea of what's going on. But every time you hear the Christmas story, maybe a different detail sticks out to you. Something that you maybe never considered. You, You heard it each and every Christmas, but for whatever reason, at this time, this detail sticks out to you. Or maybe, when you listen to the Christmas story, you imagine what it would have been like from different vantage points, different perspectives. So maybe there's one Christmas that you listen to the story and you think about Joseph. What was Joseph going through in all of this? What was going through Joseph's head when he found out that Mary was pregnant and wasn't his? What was going through Joseph's head when the angel appeared to him and explained why that was the case? What was Joseph's experience like as they traveled to Bethlehem, as they had the baby in the stable, as people came to see and worship this baby? What was that like for him? Maybe a different Christmas, you hear the Christmas story, and you consider what things would have been like for the shepherds. What were these guys like? Were they kind of rough? Were, were the kind of the, the salt of the earth guys that, that we see today? What what were going what was going through their heads as, as all of a sudden the, the dark sky was lit up with with angels and they were they were terrified and, and they find themselves doing something that they never thought they would, running into Bethlehem to see a baby and worship that baby. And they're so excited they go tell people about it. What what would have been going through their heads as all of that went down? But I would say Probably each and every Christmas, or majority of the Christmases, when you hear the Christmas story, the person that you probably consider the most, aside from Jesus, of course, is Mary. Of course we got to consider Mary. This is the, the mother of God. This is the mother of the Savior. She gave birth to the Savior of the world. Of course we have to consider Mary. But here's the thing about Mary. Until she shows up in the gospel accounts, we don't really know anything about her. We wonder about what she was like. We wonder, was she really smart? Was she beautiful? Was she kind of shy or was she outgoing? But when she was a teenager, which she likely was when the angel Gabriel showed up to her, what were her hopes and dreams for her life? And even though we don't have answers to questions like that, because we've heard the Christmas story a few times, because we've probably considered Mary a few times, you probably all have a picture of who you think Mary was, what she might have looked like, what she might have been like. It might be taken from from some movies you've seen or stories that you've read, but you have a picture in your head of what Mary might have looked like or acted like. Yet aside from the few scripture references we have of her, there's nothing to really form those pictures aside from our our own imaginations. But even the fact that we are considering Mary this morning, even the fact that we're we're talking about her at all, that would have shocked her. If you would have told her that that 2,000 years later, we would be gathering and we would be talking about Mary, she would have been so surprised at that. That generations after generations would use her name when confessing their Christian faith. We did that this morning as we said the Nicene Creed. We we said Mary's name. We we say it every time we say the Apostles' Creed. Each and every Sunday, you say Mary's name when you're confessing your Christian faith. Now, Now Mary may have had dreams and aspirations in her life, but she never could have imagined that billions of people stretched over history would know who she was or would even care who she was. Because the truth is, there was really nothing special about Mary. She, she was not an important person in a worldly sense. Sure, she, she came from the line of, of King David. But, but that really wasn't that impressive anymore. It used to be, but that line had gone defunct years ago. In fact, it probably was kind of a little embarrassing to be a part of the line of David, because how could this once great, awesome, kingly line of David now become so insignificant? She, she wasn't royalty. She she certainly wasn't rich. She wasn't rich right now and she had no prospects of being rich. She was pledged to be married to a carpenter. And so sure, they'd be able to make a living, they'd get by, but they weren't going to be buying the name, name brand chariots or the designer clothes. In a worldly sense, there was nothing that stood out from the rest of, of the population about Mary. There was nothing special in a worldly sense about her. So, so we think, why Mary? Why did God choose Mary? There must have been something else, right? Maybe if it wasn't something we could see with, with our eyes, if it wasn't her status, if it wasn't her money, if it wasn't her looks, it must have been something else. Mary must have been endowed with some special holiness that, that, that no one else has been given. She, she must have been just a little better than, than everybody else. Generations have considered that very thing. In fact, there are people that believe that Mary was indeed perfect. But throughout Scripture, we find that that's not the case. That Mary was born with the same sin that you and I were born with. That Mary struggled with some sins just like we do. In fact, Mary probably had specific temptations that she struggled with. There were probably specific sins that she she went back to her, her pet sins. We don't know what they are. We don't need to know what, we are, what they are. But we know that, that she struggled with sin just like you and I do. We know that she wasn't holy in, in, in any special way, any way that's different than, than any other person. Because when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, she was terrified. And it wasn't just because an angel appeared to her, to her and surprised her. It was because she was an unholy being standing in the presence of this holy, perfect being. All throughout Scripture, that's the case. When an angel appears, people shake with terror. Not because they're surprised, but because when you're in the presence of a holy being, you become so aware of your own unholiness. The, the fact that you're so unworthy to be in the presence of this holy being. The, the fact is, Mary needed a Savior. Something that she confesses in her, in her song. You notice right at the very beginning of her song, she says, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary needed the Messiah that she was going to give birth to. And that was not news to Mary. She knew she came from lowly, a lowly, humble background. She knew she wasn't rich. She knew she had no prominence. She knew that there were probably a hundred or well over a hundred thousands of women out there that would be quote unquote better picks to be the the mother of God. There was nothing about her that that would make her be the one that should be chosen. Mary also knew her own heart. (laughs) She knew she was sinful. She knew she wasn't perfect. She knew the sins that she struggled with and she probably would have been the first to admit that she didn't deserve this great honor of being the mother of, of God. And as we consider Mary, we can't help but, but see some similarities about her to, to us. We can't help but relate to her a little bit. That Mary came from humble, a humble background and was humbled by God. And God tends to do that in two different ways that he does in our life too. That way number one, he, he humbles us by our earthly circumstances. And number two, he humbles us by making us aware of our own sins. He does, did that in Mary's life. She came from a lowly background. She was aware of her own sins. He does that in our life too. This, this time of year is not always an easy time of year for People. It's getting towards the end of the year, so it's a time of the year when we tend to look back on, on everything that had happened through this last year. And you start to think about things that you had set out and planned to do in 2021, and you never got to. You were never able to accomplish. You look back at the things that have happened in 2021, you, you see some things that you've failed at, some things that you've tried to do, but, but haven't gone the way that you wanted them to go. As you look back at 2021, you may even have a whole list of things that that make you feel guilty. Times that that you've sinned, sins that have plagued you, sins that you you tried to get rid of a long time ago, but but they still keep coming around. They still keep plaguing you. you, still keep giving in to those temptations. That is humbling. It's humbling to be made aware, to come to the realization of your own human Weakness. This time of year is also not an easy time of year because we think back of the last year and we think about the pain and suffering that happened this last year. Pain and suffering that happened to us in our own lives. Pain and suffering that happened to loved ones of ours. We look back at the last year and we think about some people in our lives that aren't going to be sitting around the Christmas table with us anymore. We notice that loss. We feel that loss. And that, too, is humbling. When life circumstances bring about that humbling. It's probably also the time of the year where it starts to dawn on you, the time of this Advent season, where, where you realize that, that due to the, the hustle and the bustle, due to the frenzied nature of this Christmas season, that, that your heart isn't quite as prepared for Jesus as you, you wanted it to be. You maybe had big plans at the beginning of Advent to really amp up your devotional reading, to really prepare your heart for Jesus' coming, and yet due to many other, many reasons, you've maybe failed to do that. That, too, is humbling. God humbles the pride of our hearts, and He does it through our life circumstances and he does it by preaching his holy law to our hearts and showing us that we cannot match up against his, his holy law. That's what Mary confessed in her, in her song. Uh, she said, let me find the verse here. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Verse 1. He has scattered those who are proud in their conceit. He has humbled us. But it is here, at this point, when we have been humbled, when we are are at our most vulnerable, that we learn something about God. Something about God that's counter to the way that people maybe would think God would be. You see, God knew Mary. He knew everything about Mary. He knew that there was nothing important about Mary. He knew that there was nothing in a worldly sense that would draw people to Mary. He he knew Mary's heart. He, He knew Mary's heart very intimately. He knew that she was a sinner. In fact, he knew the very sins that she'd committed or ever thought about committing. But God chose Mary. God chose Mary. He he lifted her up from the lowly station of her life. He lifted her up from, from what her sins would deserve. And he gave her the great honor of being the mother of God. He made Mary to be a name that generations after generations would call blessed. He made Mary someone who we would talk about and think about every Christmas season. You see, when it comes to the Christmas story, it's kind of easy sometimes to get wrapped up in thinking about different things about the characters. And when it comes to Mary, it's easy to get wrapped up in asking the question, why Mary? Why out of all people did God choose Mary to be the mother of of the Savior? But let me say that if that's the question that we're considering, we're considering the wrong question. Because God choosing Mary was more about God than it was about Mary. God choosing Mary tells us way more about God than it does tell us about Mary. It tells us that God doesn't look at the things that men look at. God looks at the heart. He doesn't care about wealth. He doesn't care about popularity. He doesn't care about if you're famous or not. It doesn't earn you anything with God. Instead, God descends to our depths. He comes to be in the, in the mire and the muck. He comes to, to be to the despised, to the afflicted, to the forgotten, to the nothings, to the sinners. He comes to us. He descends to save, to save the rich and the poor, to save the celebrity and the outcast. God came To save sinners. He descends to save sinners of which we all are. So God choosing Mary shows that God is a God of grace. That God is a God of unconditional love. That God chose Mary even though he knew she was a sinner. That God chose Mary even though she was lowly and humble. And in that way it shows us too. That God saves sinners despite their sin. In fact, he saves them because of their sin. In Romans, Paul says it the most clearly. He says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's saying, he's not waiting for you to become the best version of yourself to save you. He's already saved you. He's not holding on to all the times that you've abandoned him. He's already forgiven you. He descends to save He descended so that he could lift you up. God lifts up the lowly. He lifted up Mary, and he lifts up you. And that act of lifting up is something that pries out of us a response. A response of thankfulness, a response of gratitude. And so that's why I don't think there's a better way for us to end this sermon than to hear Mary's response. To hear Mary's response of thankfulness that God chose her to to bring the Savior of the world into the world, the Savior that she herself needed, that God would bestow on her this, this grace. And so as we hear Mary's song, we can think about the grace that God has bestowed on us, and we can learn something from Mary's own confession about God, that God is a God who lifts up the lowly. We'll read Mary's song here. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is God's word. Amen.